Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Payne Show. This is a conversation that I have been looking forward to. I need what we're going to talk about today, and I think that a lot of you are going to find it so helpful as well. I have Monica Swanson in studio. She is the author of the new book, Raising Amazing, Bringing Up Kids Who Love God, Like Their Family, and Do the Dishes Without Being Asked. I mean, like, if we all need this book, clearly. I mean, just do the dishes without being asked. I told her, like, that's enough. Like, I'm sold. Monica, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. And you just got off a red-eye flight all the way from Hawaii. I did. I'm, I'm caffeinated. I'm looking at the beautiful trees outside, and I'm just happy to be here. Well, I would love for you to just start by introducing yourself to my audience. You bet. So I am Monica Swanson, originally from the Pacific Northwest, uh, but I've been living in Hawaii on the North Shore of Oahu for 21 years, so that's home. Um, My husband and I have four sons who range in age from 23 down to a 12-year-old, but the first three are all legal adults now, Mm. so uh, that's a new season. And yeah, I, I love my family, and I love to encourage other families, and my first book, Boy Mom, came out in 2019. And I've been podcasting since then and just uh, love what I do. And I love that you're kind of straddling multiple age groups. That's mm-hmm. that's my life right mm-hmm. here, senior down to baby. And I feel like you have so much wisdom to share because you have three that mm-hmm. are adults, but then you also have one at home. So you're still mm-hmm. in the trenches and you have four boys. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, how do people have multiple boys close together? I yeah. That is something that just that's a lot. Yeah. A lot of testosterone in the house. (laughs) A lot of wrestling. So this book that you wrote, tell me your heart behind it. Yes. Well, you know, since Boy Mom came out, I've gotten lots of questions, lots of feedback from people. And so I just kind of over time kept track of like, what are the things people are asking about the most? And from that nice long subtitle, uh, the three things that I hear about the most really are people want to know... Maybe especially how my kids can be such good friends. My boys really are best friends. They love each other. They post things on social media about their love for each other. And um, and I have a good relationship with my boys. So people are always like, how did you do that? How can I make that happen? Not that any of us can make that happen, but mm. that's one question. Um, the next question is faith. You know, my boys thus far all love the Lord. They have never rebelled or resisted. And I know that's unusual have three that have done that. Uh, people want to know more about that. And then character. And character mm. is something I've talked about a lot. There's a whole chapter in Boy Mom about raising a son of character. And people just are, you know, want to, <laughs> want to know how they can get their kids to do things like the dishes without being asked, how to instill that godly character. It's not something that the world is really um, promoting. It's not popular, but it's something I think is so important. And so that's just kind of where it all came from is hearing from people and then wanting to just share more of what I've learned, um, some of the ups and downs, some of the hard lessons, some of the research I've read and um, our life. 
So that's mm-hmm. where it came from. Now I wish that we had way more than 30 minutes because <laughs> I just I just need your high level, just best tips on yeah. those three areas. So first off, your boys like each other. They do. How did you instill that right. in them and encourage and foster that? Yes. Well, first things first, people want to know, have they ever fought? And oh my goodness, just before I left home, there were two of them like getting into it. So heck yes, they have fought. They still fight occasionally. Um, there's hard times, but I think the main thing is they've always chosen to work it out. They've chosen to invest time in each other. Uh, they choose each other first. So part of that might be that we homeschool. We live out in the country. They don't have a lot of options. So they've really grown up being somewhat forced to spend time together. And because of that, I really think that is something I encourage people to do is really uh, put your kids in a situation where they need to be together, even if there's options, you know. It's easy to just let kids go play at their friends after school on the weekends. And I say, yes, that's all good, but also foster that time together, even when they don't want it, because in time, they usually will develop a friendship if you give them lots of time together. Mm. And then faith. You Mm. talked about how they love the Lord and like, what a gift. Like as parents, we can't save our kids, Mm -mm. but what, like that is our heartbeat that they would love Jesus. How have you encouraged that? Yes, yes. Uh, Certainly it is by the grace of God. And, you know, there's no guarantees for any of our kids, but I will say, you know, for my husband and I, we just really were kind of committed to the Deuteronomy 6 kind of version of doing life as a family. Uh, our faith is just really important to us. And so we just raised our kids very naturally, letting our own faith overflow. So it wasn't as much, you know, forcing anything on them as sharing our love for God, sharing, you know, as a family going to church, doing the things that we do naturally, and then just talking about it as a natural part of our life introducing our kids to the Bible and having them memorize scripture when they're young. And then as they grow up, just making sure they're surrounded by people who are good influence and being really careful about the bad influences. And, you know, there's not a formula. I wish there were. Um, But I do believe that parents have a great privilege and a responsibility to bring up their kids in the training and admonition of the Lord, where we just share our love for God and encourage them and then trust God to do what we can't do because we really can't do the rest. Mm. Okay, and the million-dollar question. <laughs> Character or, i.e., uh, do the dishes yeah. without being asked, right? Yeah. Well, this that particular part of the subtitle grew out of a time where my 18-year-old, who is currently he's a professional surfer, super fun kid, um, but he was standing in the sink doing the dishes, and we were discussing this book as I was writing it. And at one point he looked over and he's like, yeah, you know, can you imagine anybody just doing the dishes without being asked who has, like, cruddy character? Like, you just don't mm. do dishes unless you at least have mm. some amount of character. I was like, you know what? You're right. Who wants to do the dishes? You know, who volunteers to do dishes? And so that kind of became a little joke in our family. Um, but yeah, we do chores. I know a lot of people do chores, but really sticking with it. Mm. When they were young, I used to try so many different chore systems and I would give up because it just felt like nothing was working. But I think when you stick with it and you have a system and you just say, this is the requirement, you don't lower your standards to meet them or the culture, but you say, this is what it looks like to do things with excellence, whether it's sports or schoolwork or your chores, let's live lives of excellence and let's show them what that looks like. Mm. So that's kind of been a theme. Uh, They don't get it right every time. They don't do the dishes without being asked every time, but We've tried to make that the expectation, and they've risen up to it. I love how you start the book saying, My husband Dave and I are enthusiastically focused first and foremost on their relationship with God and their character. We're more concerned with who they are 
than with what they'll do. And, you know, it's interesting when I was writing um, my book, Love Center Parenting, and I ask on Instagram for people to share like what their job as a parent is. And Mm. I got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of responses. And the majority of the responses were about what our kids were going to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as parents, we do kind of, we can carry this heavy weight. We have a 17 year old who's in the middle of applying to colleges. And it's all about Mm. so much of that is what they've done and what they're going to do. Sure. So how do you get away from that without losing sight of that? Because we want our kids to have goals and dreams and ambitions, but how do you focus first on who they are? Um, That's a, that's a tough one for sure. I think that's something we all have to kind of navigate and, you know, it's, it's never a done deal. We're always working through that. Um, Even with my son, who's a surfer, you know, he just, before I came here, um, he just was in a professional contest and he lost in his first heat. Mm. And it's like their Mm. identity and so much of what they do is whether it's getting good grades or performing well in a sport or one day getting a job. And it's hard because yes, that's a practical part of life, Mm -hmm. but to go back to the heart and so much of it is conversations. I mean, when that son came home, I just sat with him and I just reminded him, you know, your value, your worth does not come from what you do. You know, you are a child of God, first and foremost, you have such great value. God has a plan. Let's just pick it up and keep moving, even though it's so painful sometimes. Um, But in the same way, I think with students, my older boys, they both were dependent on scholarships if they wanted to go to the college of their choice. And it felt like so much pressure, but we were like, buddy, if you don't get it, God's got another plan. It's going to be okay. Let's just keep focused on what matters most. Let's pray. Let's just keep walking through this. So yeah, it's a conversation, I think, that we just need to keep returning to. I love how you shared that he lost in his first first heat. I mean, I my heart like breaks for yes. him and for you. Sick stomach. <laughs> At the same time, though, I feel like some of the greatest lessons we learn from those types of situations. It's yes. the hardest for us as parents, but it's the most important. Like that's where we see their true character. It's not totally. when they're excelling and winning and succeeding. And that's when we see our true character. That's right. Too. Absolutely. And I have failed more than once. I, I'm competitive. My husband and I both, and we came home the other day and my husband was like, how you doing? I was like, I'm all right. How are you? And we're both like, this is so hard. But yes, there's a chapter actually in there also on adversity. And I say that no doubt my boys have grown more through the things that they have, you know, failed at, fallen down in, had to get back up. As long as they keep moving forward, that's where the character grows. Mm. And this segues really well into all in parenting Mm. is something that you talk about and you really define what all in parenting isn't, which I think is so important. Like what it isn't, not just what it is, but what it isn't. And you said, number one, all in parenting isn't smothering, controlling, (laughs) helicopter or snowplow parenting. It's choosing to provide our kids with healthy, mature love, offering boundaries and freedoms as they're needed. Talk about what that looks mm. like practically. Like how how can we smother our kids or be mm. a, that snowplow parent? Totally. Yes. I think this is really important because when I talk about, you know, really being all in as a parent, I think sometimes people could take that wrong and be like, oh, it sounds like a helicopter. I'm like, oh no, there is such a difference because I think when you're talking all in parenting, you're talking about 
again, things of the heart, things of the character. It's things that um, less about the outcome, less about hovering over their shoulders, making sure that they get that A that they need. And so you end up doing the report for them or, you know, bailing them out last minute. It's more about just being there to remind them again, what matters, where their value is, and, and just showing up to care about the things that they care about. Uh, but certainly not trying to um, control the outcomes. And that's what's so hard, but it's such good parenting. Uh, We have to let the outcome be what it may be. And we can coach and mentor and encourage, but we really can't try to manipulate the outcomes. So I think there's a big difference there. So I hear from moms a lot who are frustrated with their child. It's usually a teenager, preteen, who they say, I'm trying to let go in my parenting and not be this controlling, bubble wrapping, mm-hmm. hyper, you know, vigilant parent who is smothering my child. But my kid doesn't care about school. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and they're mm-hmm. not doing well. They're failing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know how to address this. And I'm super stressed about it. What would you say to that mom? Totally. I'd say, first of all, wow, that, that's a tough one. And, and I'm so sorry because I do think that there's, you know, an epidemic of kind of this laziness among teenagers that just aren't motivated. So one of the things I encourage parents to do is kind of figure out how to motivate your child. Um, in that moment, if they're already failing, then there's really nothing you can do in that moment other than say, okay, let's find a new way to move moving forward. And so I think finding ways to motivate them, do they understand how to connect the dots between what they're doing today and where they want to be. So maybe just sitting down and having some conversations with them. Maybe they're in an environment that's just unhealthy. Maybe there's some influences in their life that you need to remove. Again, when I say all in parenting, sometimes that means saying some hard no's. Sometimes that means setting some boundaries that your kid will not like in the moment, but it's for their very best. And so that is not helicopter parenting. That is intentional parenting. That's what God's called us Mm -hmm. to. As long as they're in our home, we are responsible to kind of set some boundaries and help them see what is and isn't good for them. And then dive in and say, you know, how can I help you? How can I come alongside you? Maybe we need to change what the school situation is or study situation or the extracurriculars you're doing. But it's really coming alongside as a mentor and a coach and letting your kid know I am there for you, but I'm also not going to allow you to make choices that are going to, you know, damage your future and your future opportunities. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. 
They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code CRYSTAL for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use CRYSTAL to get your welcome offer. What would a boundary look like practically? Yeah. Well, I know for us, sometimes it's been friendships. There's been times that my sons have wanted to hang out with a particular group of kids. And we've had to say, you know what, we, we see the direction they're going. And even, you know, you are, I, we want you to be friends with everybody in the right setting. But the kids that you are close to, who you spend that intimate time with, weekends, after school, hanging out alone with, we're going to be really careful about who you're spending time with because no doubt, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It is all throughout the Bible and history that we are influenced and shaped by the people we spend time with. So we're going to sit them down and just be really real with them about that. And when we've done that, a couple of years later, they've looked back and been like, wow, thank you. And, you know, they had a couple lonely years. My two oldest sons will say, we live in a very small community. And when some of their closest friends were making bad decisions and they were like, what do I do? I don't want to be alone, but I kind of know what direction they're going. But when they decided to choose, you know, even if it meant more time with the family, which isn't terrible, by the way, but more time with us and less time with those friends, they saw then a couple years later the direction those friends went and they thanked us. And in time, God provided and they found good friends and who were good influences and ultimately, you know, went on to college where they found like-minded friends. But there can be some lonely times. So I'd say boundaries oftentimes have to do with influences, whether that's influences on the internet, influences through, you know, your peers who you're choosing to follow, a lot of conversations around technology and social media and and um, just setting some boundaries there to protect your child's heart. And I think that's really key. And, and I think we need to know that while we can't control things, we are called to protect them. Mm-hmm. I, even into the teenage years, there are boundaries we can set out of love that is not helicopter parenting. And I just think people really need to see that there is a difference there. Mm. So I'm thinking of the mom right now who's hearing you say this and said, is thinking, well, I tried boundaries and my kid blew up at me and now they won't talk to me and they're super angry with me and think I'm just this horrible, awful, mean parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. I'm always going to encourage parents to really pour into their relationship with their kids. And so hopefully from a young age, if we can do that, we spend time, we, we care about them, we care about the things that they care about, even when... We aren't really interested in those things. So that relationship is absolutely key. And I'd encourage every parent to really invest in the relationship because it's a lot easier when you set boundaries. If you have a relationship established, they're going to understand that this is because you love them. And so I'm going to say if they aren't responding well, maybe go back to the relationship. And I know, Crystal, you talk about this, and I'm so glad you do. But go back to that loving relationship. Make sure you're nurturing that first and foremost. And then they're going to receive a lot better the times you need to give them boundaries. And the truth is, we it's not our job to be our kid's best friend. It's not our job to have our kids like everything we choose for them. Sometimes it will take a while. They might not like it in the moment. You might have to say, trust me, it's because I love you. And then wait, and it could take some time for them to look back and see that it was out of love. Mm. Secondly, you say for all in parenting, it isn't losing our personal identity and living a child-centered life 24-7 mm-hmm. for 18 years straight. 
And I think as parents, when we have this burning desire to raise mm. godly children, you know, children who have character, children who want to do the dishes yeah. and children who um, grow up and leave home. And, you know, it's like scripture talks about arrows, you know, sending mm-hmm. them out into the world. We can struggle with that tension of, well, am I spending enough time with them? And and so how do you find that balance of not making your parenting a child-centric life 24-7? Right. Great question. Well, I think it's easy for us uh, to kind of become so consumed with our kids that they become our identity. Mm. And I think it's really important for us as parents to know that we are called to train up our children in the way they should go. But that, again, we already talked about how we can't control the outcome. I think there's a real problem when we take that on as our identity, Mm. how well our kids do. We must guard our heart from that and say, I too am loved by God separately from how my kids turn out. That's not where my identity lies. When we cross that line, I think we get into a dangerous place. So yes, do your best as a parent. But then part of that, I think, is just nurturing your own self. What are the things that fill you up? What is God calling you to? Yes, being a parent is probably going to be the biggest part of our calling, but also making sure that we're also, you know, nurturing our marriage. We're also finding the gifts and interests and talents that God's given us and taking care of ourselves. I think sometimes that blesses our kids because they're seeing mom and dad really growing into all that God's created them to be, and it inspires them to want to do the same. So I think we need to take care of ourselves, our marriage, and just really the whole person that we are, and that's going to bless our kids. That can sometimes feel overwhelming. Like I have (laughs) so many things I, quote, need to do, and I don't even know how to just do the basics. Totally. Yes. Well, I'm going to, I hear from so many people and you probably do too, but as they're preparing, maybe they're going to launch their last child and they're like, oh my goodness, I don't have anything for myself. So I say, don't wait, at least take those moments. You know, we've, we've got fringe moments, whether it's the weekends or downtime where you can think, what did I do before kids? What's something that, that fills me up? You know, whether, whether it's something you used to do or something new you've never done before, I really encourage moms start to explore the things that you might do because otherwise it's going to be, you're, you're going to have more of a tendency to cling on and have your claws in that kid as they grow up. But when you're filled up, when you're doing things you love, then you're going to be able to release them a lot easier and in a much more healthy way. You said number three, all in parenting isn't getting our self-worth from our kids' performances or successes. Right. That's a big one. <laughs> that is. And I just touched on that, of course, but certainly uh, we all can be tempted to do that. Mm. And I think it's, again, something we need to work on personally be in our you know own walk with God, in our own life, just saying, whatever, however this looks, however this turns out, this is not my identity. I'm doing my best and I have to let go and let them be their own person. So I think that's just, again, these are all things that I wish they could be one time and move on, but no, they're ongoing. Mm. What are some red flags that you would say to indicate maybe that we're starting to get some of our self-worth from our kids' performances or successes? Oh, yes. <laughs> and I've caught myself in these before. It's certainly manipulating, uh, you know, just wanting to make sure that they don't get that bad grade or really finding ourselves obsessing over their performance, really wanting to come in and intervene and try to control what the appearance is, how it brings... um 
a light on your own family. And, and again, this isn't easy. None of this is easy. It, it's normal for us to care about our family reputation, about how it reflects on us. I know you and I, as authors, I'm like, wow, one of my sons asked me a question the other day. He's like, well, what if, and he, he named his older brother, of course, what if he totally blew it? And I was like, then I would, I would just accept that that was a choice he made that I have definitely poured into him. I've never been perfect, but I've done my best to raise him in, you know, the ways that I believe God's called me to. And so that, that, that wouldn't be the end of the world. Don't think that that would change my life. I would just have to accept that, keep praying for him and, um, walk through it. Mm. That's, that's the way life goes. Sometimes when you look at the Bible, you know, how many of God's children have made bad choices? You saw good kings, and then their kids were disasters, and then they might have had a good son, and then the next one. It, it's it's um, as long as sin is in the world, there's no guarantees. Mm-hmm. And this really goes into the fourth all-in parenting that you say all-in parenting isn't a formula for how to raise perfect kids, no. and. This book, the title, Raising Amazing, I feel like some people could pick it up. They want a formula. Like, give me the formula. Just tell me A, B, C, and D, (laughs) because I want to raise kids that are loving God, liking their family, and doing the dishes without being asked. So I think that that's the thing that some parents will struggle with. Well, then if there isn't a guarantee, then Mm -hmm. why bother in the first place? Awesome question. I'm so glad you asked. I think that maybe what really first inspired the book and the title. There's a message out there that is really encouraging parents to not believe that they have control. It's kind of like, you know, in the Christian community, it might be, well, God is sovereign. He's got your kids. Don't worry about it. Or just, you know, quit putting so much pressure on yourself. And I I get that. And I do agree that we don't have control, quote unquote, control over our kids. However, Research has proven over and over that parents are the biggest influence in their kids' lives more than anything else. And so we're the biggest influence, and God's called us to parent in such a way that we lead our kids in the way that's right. Then I think the important thing is we are walking out parenting the best we can and then leaving the results up to God. And so I think that we just have uh, to—it's one of those things where we don't have a formula, and yet— in a sense, God's laid out a great plan for us. And it all begins with us as parents modeling. Our kids are going to be a lot more likely to do what we do than what we say. And so what does our own life look like? Do we live a life that we can say, hey, do what I do and you'll have a good life? Can we call our children to say, walk in the way I've walked. It's good. Mm. Uh, I want to live a life that is attractive to my kids where they're like, I like mom and dad's marriage. I want that kind of marriage. Mm. I like how mom has joy. When mom messes up, she asks forgiveness. You know, mom doesn't try to try to say she's perfect, but she walks in humility. So if I'm walking all of that out and I'm teaching my kids the best I can, then you don't need a formula. You just need to do the daily work and a formula would be a lot easier, yes, mm-hmm. but this is authentic parenting, and so I hope people understand the heart of that. Mm. And if we had a formula, we wouldn't need Jesus. That's right. <laughs> I feel like, you know, knowing that we have God's Spirit in us that we can lean into and rely upon, and so that we're not relying upon a formula, mm. we're relying upon God and His Word and His Spirit in us. That's right. You have a section where it's how to live as an all-in parent, and you have so many great practical ideas and um, encouragement there. But a few of them that I really loved is you talked about being all-in in your marriage. And you mentioned this briefly earlier, but 
What does that look like? Because I think I have seen in the last few years as we're husband and I are kind of older now and we have older kids that there are a lot of marriages that are struggling as their kids are getting older. And it's like their kids were the glue that held them together. And Mm -hmm. now they're like at the end of their parenting. And so how do we do that when Mm -hmm. we also have so much on our plates with parenting? Yes. So important. And, and kind of like the whole thing of taking care of ourselves and having that vision for what God's calling us to in the same way, if you don't nurture your marriage, you're going to find yourself in that place where it's like, well, the kids are gone and what do we have left? So I really encourage parents And this again, it, it takes intentionality. So none of this stuff is easy. But I do believe it's also worth it. I say do the work now or there's going to be a lot harder work later, both mm-hmm. in parenting and in marriage. Uh, so this is just about really recognizing that your marriage is probably the greatest gift you can give to your kids. Mm-hmm. So if you can set aside time to date your spouse, to if you need counseling, get the counseling, whatever you need to do to make sure that that marriage is healthy, that's more important than going even and spending time with your kids. Your kids are watching you. They're seeing you. You give them a sense of security and stability when you have a strong marriage. And I know it doesn't always work and no shame, no condemnation if somebody has a marriage that hasn't worked out. But I do believe that kids will gain such a sense of security when they see you pouring into your own marriage and it takes making it a priority. And that's not easy in a lot of seasons, but it does pay off. Mm. You also talk about having fun with your kids. And this is something that I'm so passionate about. And I love that you brought that up. You said next to T-I-M-E, I I would say kids (laughs) spell love, F-U-N. Tell me what that looks like in your home. Yes, we have a lot of laughter. And and now I'm down to two kids at home, two are one graduated college, one's in college. Uh, And we just laugh all the time. And kind of like what you said, a lot of it is me joining in with them and the things that entertain them. And lately there's been a lot of just goofy videos. I'm trying to understand TikTok because they follow these people that are so bizarre and random. And I'm like, maybe if I watch one more, my brain will understand this humor because it is so new to me. And, um, you know, we do a lot of activities. We play ping pong games and we get crazy and we watch clean comedy on Netflix and we just look for ways to keep laughter in the home. And I think that is such a bonding thing, more so than a lot of parents think. And I think we all get busy. We all have tasks to do and it's easy to just be like on to the next thing. But when I carve out time, even 10 minutes a day to just have fun with my kids, I think it pays off in dividends. Mm. So as we close this interview, I'm going to ask a question that's just for me, because like I said, I have a 17 year old, so I actually have a a senior and a junior. And so we're doing the senior year two, two years in a row. And so I was looking through your book and reading through your book and just thinking of you and you, you've launched three, Mm -hmm. like three that are adults. What words of wisdom do you have for me or anyone who is in this season as you look back on the last 23 years, your oldest is 23, Mm -hmm, 23 mm -hmm. years of parenting. Well, great question. I think that what has paid off the most as my boys have left, because I live on an island in Hawaii, my boys have, two oldest boys have both crossed the ocean to go to college in Southern Mm -hmm. California. And I think what has paid off the most, well, if I can do two things, one is that relationship, what we were just talking about. The fact that my boys know I love them, I'm for them when they're away. 
I'm the one they call. I'm the one they text. When they've got a girl issue, when they're just struggling with confidence, whatever it might be, we have that relationship. And so I'd say, make sure they know that you just love them, not for what they do, not for what they accomplish, just you love them. And then secondly, I really encourage parents to walk with their kids through the issues that they're going to face. Make sure that they have a worldview that is really strong because they're going to go out. I mean, my boys have gone to a Christian college and they still have been really challenged in the things, the way we've raised them. And so I have really worked while my kids were home. Now, both of my older boys took a gap year. So they had that extra year between high school and college where we were able to talk through a lot of issues. We were able to um, help them, not not just feed them the answers, but ask them questions and help them sort through, what does God's Word say about this issue? What do you believe about that issue? So that once they're away, they know what they believe, they know how to stand on what is true, and they're not going to be swayed by the current of culture, because certainly they're going to be challenged. Whatever kind of future, if they go to work, if they're in the military, if they go to college— they will be challenged and you want those roots to go deep. And so I just encourage parents to really have the conversations now. Don't wait till they're gone. Mm, So good. I have many more questions that I would love to ask you, and I'm kind of grateful that you're in my home, so I get to continue this conversation once we are done with this podcast. But thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for raising your boys intentionally in a way that people are coming and asking you questions. Mm. Like, what a gift that you are sending them out into the world. We need strong men of character for this next generation. And so I just appreciate that. I appreciate you. And I just encourage anyone listening who wants that, you want kids who love God, like their family and do the dishes without being asked, go get a copy of Monica Swanson's new book, Raising Amazing. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 